Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the 160th of a second podcast. My name's Gareth and joining me today in this podcast is Spyros. And today we'll be discussing street photography. Spyros, would you just like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your photography? Yes, hello Gareth. Thank you for having me here. I am uh, Spiros Papaspiropoulos. I am a street photographer from Greece. Currently I am based in Crete. In the Rethymno, I'm originally from Athens, the capital of Greece. And uh, my, I like shooting street photography. I've been doing it uh, since 2011 or 2012. I can't be very sure when I started, but it was around then. And uh, I really enjoy using flash with my street photography. That's one of my signatures, let's say. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm uh, always very excited to be in the streets, doing street photography, trying out new things. Um, so that's about it, really. No, that, that was an excellent introduction. And just before we get into the podcast, I just want to say that um, neither myself or my guest are the complete authority in photography, and we never pretend to be. Um, I do this as a hobby, and this podcast is really my opinions my discussions and thoughts, and that of my guest. And please don't mistake our advice, um, sorry, please don't mistake our discussions and advice to be the words of experts. We're just people giving our views. So, Spyros, I understand street photography as being going out onto the street and capturing unique moments or stories on the street. Am I right in that? What's street photography? Well, uh... Street photography is many things. I won't get into uh, my own personal opinion about it because I might uh, upset some uh, other listeners because uh, some people believe it's one thing, other people believe it's another thing, and there's usually a very heated discussion around what the definition of street photography is. But uh, just to uh, say something to answer the question, street photography is anything you shoot in the street and involves uh, something that is either uh, influenced by a human element or includes a human element. That's as general as I can do it, as I can say it. I think that's a, I think that's a good definition. Would you say you have to have a person in street photography? Or I'm gonna, I'm gonna change that to a life form because you could do dog street photography. So would you say if you just took a picture of a building even if you're on the street, that's architectural photography. Do you think it has to have a person in? Personally, I think it has to have some sort of life form, yes. Either has to be a human being or a dog or anything else that uh, adds the element of the uh, unknown, unpredictability to a photograph. That's it, yes. So uh, usually when there's a live being inside the photograph, something unpredictable uh, is happening, something unique, something that will never happen again. Is street photography about capturing a person's uniqueness, a person's story, um, an unusual set of events, or is there more to it? It's definitely what you just, uh, what you just mentioned. But I also think that street photography is about the expression of the street photographer and his view of the world. So for example, when I started shooting street photography, uh, the whole uh, experience for me was about documenting the life around me. 
whereas now street photography for me is capturing expressions capturing faces that i'll never see again or trying to find juxtapositions or trying to capture things that are totally crazy surreal so i'm not actually documenting the uh, life around me in a way that a documentarist would anymore that's what i did when i first started doing shooting street now i just try and capture weird photos i would say so i think that uh, yes street photography does include the things you mentioned before but it also has to have uh, the expression of the street photography the expression of the artist uh, filtering through you know so the artist uh, actually serves what he sees through his uh, oh god let's do this again <laughs> so we've talked about you've given a sort of evolution of your street photography but it'd be really good to understand where you started and why you started would you mind just telling us telling me a bit about that well uh, gareth one day i was not shooting street and the next day all i wanted to do was shoot street so it happened one day when i was uh, looking through some of my photographs i noticed that i was starting to shoot moments you know uh, happening in the street and i saw those photos and i felt a strong attraction towards them I liked them a lot and I couldn't figure out what was it that I liked. So uh, I started looking into similar stuff on the internet and I found that uh, this kind of photography is called street photography, etc. And it involves uh, documenting the life around it, blah, 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 what we talked about before. So I started getting more interested into it. That's how, that's how I started basically. That's how I got into the whole concept of street photography. That's how I got interested in it. I've recently started having a go at street photography, but for me, it's it's more of the challenge of taking good street photography images because there are two elements in street photography, as far as I see. Having the bravado to get the image and go up to someone and take their picture and also getting a good picture that accurately represents what's happening at that time. And those two things together... I think are quite difficult and I think most people would worry about one more than the other. What do you think about that? You're right, you're probably right, but it also depends on uh, on the type of mentality you have at the time you're shooting. There are times when I worry about one more than the other and the other way around other days and there are times when I don't worry about either. I just go nuts and I shoot and I don't care what I'm doing. So I think it's all about the mentality, the frame of mind you're in when you're doing street photography and uh, also the area in which you're doing street photography. Because uh, when I was uh, in Istanbul shooting street and I noticed that people really didn't care about being photographed, I felt so liberated. I could uh, actually concentrate more on composition and story making in my photos and actually having to worry about what people would say if I jumped in front of them with a camera. But when I shoot here in Crete, kind of the opposite. Okay, they well, Cretans don't uh, complain or uh, shout at you or anything like that. But they do look at you until you've got to the moment that, you know, to take the photograph. They, they follow you with their eyes as if they know that you're going to take their photograph. That doesn't happen always. I've had felt it many times. So when I shoot uh, here in Crete, I uh, am more concerned about getting the nerve to take the photograph. Even if I've been shooting for so many years, that's a feeling that never goes away. It just gets a bit easier. You learn how to put it on the back of your in the back of your head. 
it's always there. Whereas when you're in another area where things are much more relaxed concerning photography, you think of, uh, you know, making a photo with a story, making a photo with good composition, you kind of move the element of worrying about the people out of your system completely. I was going to say, I, th I think sadly in the UK where I live, people are very sensitive and you get you get varying sensitivity. I think in a big city, people are a little bit more tolerant, but sort of in the town or out of the village, people are a bit more wary of you if you're going around with the camera. But I have noticed using a small camera or using the secret weapon of a smartphone, people are so used to seeing that and people getting their smartphone out that they don't really bat an eyelid. And it's quite liberating just to use your smartphone or a compact camera. Much better than just using a big DSLR or a big, what people view to be a professional camera. So in terms of kit, ironically, in most photography, bigger is better. But in street photography, definitely smaller, I find, is much better. Speaking of that, what equipment do you use, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, first of all, I totally agree with smaller is better in street photography. Secondly, I use a Fuji X-Pro1 with, with the 18 lens, the prime lens, and I also use the Ricoh GR, so I have compact system. But that changes a bit when I use my flash with my X-Pro, because my flash is quite big, and also I flash people, so I can't really be discreet when I'm using that uh, combination. But uh, when I'm using uh, the Ricoh GR, GR without flash, stealth mode then, people rarely uh, ever notice it's so quiet. Interesting, I've got the Rico GR, and I find even with that, I get noticed. Recently in the UK, we had one of the hottest days in June for maybe 40, 45 years, and I went to my local, my closest city, which is Milton Keynes, and they were having a celebration because it was 50 years old. And on the hottest day in June, of temperatures around 35 degrees. They had people there dressed up in historical outfits with wigs on and completely inappropriate for the temperature. And I just happened to have my Rico GR with me and I, I got it out and I took a few and I got low and I got some really good ones of some ice cream vans. And no one really battered an eyelid, but they knew I was there. That was quite a good sort of tester into street photography because people associate those sort of events with people taking pictures and, and people don't mind people would quite happily posed if i didn't know i was there but you're more everyday person who isn't expecting to be photographed and isn't at a sort of convention where there are lots of photographs would really struggle i think in the uk so there are some strategies that i think you can use and one is maybe taking the picture and going to them and telling them and explaining, I've took your picture because I think you look really different or, you know, that sort of thing. Or I hope you don't mind, I took your picture or just running away. Those are some strategies I use or just not being detected to begin with. But are there any strategies you use or do you or are you, are you fully candid in your approach? I am 99% uh, candid and if I'm detected, I just smile and say thank you. And if anyone wants a further explanation, I explain. But usually just a smile and a thank you is plenty. You know, I just walk away afterwards and no harm done. The best advice I could give anyone who's doing street photography when they're approaching someone is uh, stay stealthy. And if they're caught, just smile and say thank you. 
That's, that usually solves 90% of your problems, of your confrontation. And what's the worst confrontation you've had, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I still remember that one. Uh, I've had one, uh, which I remember really bad. Uh, I've, I think I've had another two or three, which have been mild. But the one, my worst one, was one evening I was uh, taking photographs uh, using a, a really fast lens and high ISO. So I was shooting in the dark. I was taking portraits of people as they were relaxing, as they were sitting, waiting at the bus stop, for example, in the night, you know, stuff like that. There was this guy and he was in his kiosk, because we've got many kiosks in Greece. And he had his, the door open on the side of his kiosk because it was summer. And he was uh, sitting there with his, uh, the palm of his hand and his forehead. He was thinking about something. I don't know if it was pleasant or not. It probably wasn't uh, because his reaction was crazy. And he was thinking about something. And uh, his elbow was leaning on his uh, on the little bench that he had inside the kiosk. And he was sitting on his chair. And it was a kind of a high chair. So he could uh, reach, you know, the hole where he serves people to his kiosk. So the door on the side was open and I saw him and the light inside was perfect and his troubled expression was perfect. So I took a photograph and then I was using the Sony NEX6 and that had a really loud shutter. Even for a mirrorless camera, it was loud. So in the middle of the night, it went clack like that. So he turned and as soon as he saw me, he went berserk. He went nuts. He came outside, he started yelling at me. He said that he was going to break my camera, he was going to break my head, or whatever. But he was much shorter than me, so I, was, I wasn't intimidated at all, but I was, uh, you know, just looking at him and saying, trying to explain with a smile on my face always that I'm a street photographer and I do this. This is one of my hobbies. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to offend him in any way by taking this photograph or not. He said, you're going to show it everywhere on Facebook, etc., etc. I said, look, if you don't want me to publish it, I won't publish it. I respect that. Whenever someone uh, sees me take their photo and they like it, if they tell me not to publish it or if they tell me to delete it, I'll delete it or I'll just not publish it. So he went on and on about smashing my camera. And I said, okay, look, if I delete it, will you relax? And he said, yeah, delete it now. Let me see. So I showed him that I deleted it. And then he told me to F off and get away from him. So I just said, okay, man, I'm sorry I bothered you so much. I didn't mean to bother you so much, you know, so I just left. So that was it. But I still remember that night. I don't know what was up with that guy. He probably had some, some issues at the moment, you know, thinking of something that was unpleasant. And I took the photograph and that made him click. Seems like you might've caught him premeditating something. Um, and was it a good photo? I know you deleted it. Was it a good photo, though? It was a good photo because it really showed his, uh, you know, all that feeling that he had, that worry. Uh, and uh, you could see it in his body language. And, uh, and the light was dramatic because everything was dark except for the light coming in through the kiosk. And the light wasn't very bright. It was just enough. And it, 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 it looked as if he was in a, a darkness just, uh, and his outline was, uh, you know, being uh, pronounced by the light inside. But you could also see his expressions because there was light all around the kiosk, in, in the inside uh, cockpit of the kiosk, whatever it's called. Yeah, I think, I think you were very brave to delete it. I think most people say, I think you were brave to take that photo in the first place. But I think you were brave to delete it because I'm, I'm not sure I would have deleted it. Um, I'm not sure I'd have given him that option. Particularly 
if um, he was sort of abusive and confrontational to me. So I do think you were very brave there. So well done on that. Thank you. Thank you. But I, I really don't like being in confrontation. That's the thing. So I'd rather delete the photo than get into a confrontation of any kind because I know that when you get into confrontations, the only outcome is a bad outcome. There are good outcomes. If you don't, you know, smooth it out and end it in a peaceful way. I'd, I'd prefer to smooth everything out and end it in a peaceful way uh, rather than start yelling or, you know, get into an argument or regret. Definitely. We, you, you said that you explained to him it was your hobby and it's something you do. Um, is it possible to make money out of street photography? Is there a market for it? Well, I'm not really the person to ask about this. <laughs> I do, uh, I do have some, uh, I do teach some workshops of flash street photography uh, every once in a while. If I have uh, registrations, I do make some money, but it's just, you know, pocket money. It's nothing serious. Uh, it's not like I can make a living out of street photography. But uh, there are street photographers out there that claim they make a living from street photography. I say claim because I don't know for sure. I know what they, what they say. So they say they make a living. So uh, that's why I use the word claim. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are ways to make money out of street photography. Through workshops, through selling prints maybe, through writing a, a book or uh, doing a podcast like you and uh, having a sponsor for the podcast. I suppose you could make money using street photography as the theme, uh, but not actually by doing street photography, if you know what I mean. It's not like you're a wedding photographer and you actually make money for taking wedding photos. You're actually doing photography and making money with street photography. With street photography, through teaching or writing something about it, you know, stuff like that. Whereas other genres of uh, photography, like sports photography or photojournalism, you actually make money from the actual act of photography. I think, I think that's a very good summary. I mean, you're basically saying you might get noticed for your street photography and you might be able to make a, a bit of income um, teaching and other things around the topic of street photography. But it's not those prints or selling those images that are going to make you money. And I suppose I just want to just want to clarify I don't make any money out of this podcast. It, it drains a bit of my money, if I'm honest. But I do, I do it because I like doing it. Um, and I'm sure that's the same with you and your street photography. Yes, yes. I, uh, I have this website called streethunters.net with uh, Andrew Swigart from uh, the USA and Digby Fulham from the UK. And that's our hobby. We don't make any money out of it. We've got some Google AdSense banners on, and that's it. And it just, you make enough money, you know, to pay for our hosting, pay for our firewall security system for the website, because we've been, uh, we get attacked a lot. I don't know why. So basically, yeah, we're losing money rather than making money. <laughs> but we're doing it because it's our hobby and we love it. And it's been going on since 2013. So it's now for four years. That's good. We've had a chat about equipment. And obviously, I think smaller is better. And you could start using, and you could start doing street photography on your iPhone, or use any camera really, even a film, even film cameras. And we've talked about you've given a great tip about um, guidance on how to approach people, do it candidly, and smile and say thank you at the end. And I, I don't think there could be any better tip than that, really. But let's talk about the best places to 
um, have a go at street photography. Does it have to be a city? I always imagine a bustling city where everyone's in a rush would be the best place for street photography. Where do you think the best place for street photography is? I think the best places to shoot street to start off with is places where people are preoccupied. So that could be in a big city or it could be uh, in a smaller town in a marketplace. It could be anywhere where there are many people and they are preoccupied with something other than themselves. So they don't notice you. Those are the best places I think you should start shooting streets. So if you don't have the luxury of visiting a big city or you don't live in a big city, but you want to do street photography, just like I am here in Erethimer. Erethimer is such a small town. It's a small beach town and it's only full of people during the summer months. During the winter months, it's so empty. You can actually walk for an hour in the street and not see a single person. So imagine when you're walking in the street in the winter and you see a single person and you want to take that photo, there's no possible way you can not be noticed, right? So the only thing to do then is to go to places that have people gathered, such as markets or the basketball courts, you know, places where there are many people and they're talking to each other or they're doing something, they're exchanging things or whatever, they're trading. So they don't have their minds focused on what's happening around them. And then you can sneak in and grab a few photos. But otherwise, if you're close to a big city or you live in a big city, that'd be very likely. But if you're close to a big city, it's always worth jumping on a train or a bus and visiting. You know, I'd never thought about the idea of people being preoccupied and having other things on their mind, but it does make complete sense because then you're right, they're not going to notice you. They're going to be doing what they should be doing and you're going to be hopefully capturing a good image of them doing that. And that's going to make a really interesting image and picture. So yes, that is a really good idea. Well done. Can I say something on that, something more? Of course you can. Uh, when people are preoccupied, they don't even notice the flash, even if it's in their face. It's amazing. I have made photographs of people because sometimes I uh, record my photography with an with a action cam just to study it later or to use it to make a street hunt video for our YouTube channel. And I look at the footage unedited and I see, I flash people in their faces and they don't flinch. I mean, they don't notice a thing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, I've got a big massive flash and it just goes, wow, bam, in their faces. And they don't notice it because they're preoccupied. So being preoccupied is uh, very important uh, if you want to get away with street photography. Not for you, for the subject. I think it sounds like it's almost essential, particularly if you're using flash. It does sound essential because you don't want people to look up from what they're doing and stop and pull a silly smile because they know they're being photographed. That ruins it. Yes, it does. So in street photography, from what I've seen and what I've had a go at, there are several things. There's the story, there's the character, and there's the composition and getting things in focus and not having blur, etc. And getting all those things right can be quite a challenge. And I can imagine getting a good street photography image would appeal to a photographer. They might look at that and think, oh, that's a good image. Look at that composition. Wow, that was challenging to get it just right. And they might appreciate it on a technical level. But how do people who aren't photographers appreciate street photography if they even do? I'll tell you, there are different types of street photography. A photographer can understand the challenges behind any photograph when they look at it. Now, why did I start with the types of street photography with my answer? Because 
There are there is street photography that's aggressive, using a flash, for example, like I do. There is street photography which is more uh, towards the fine art uh, end of the prison. So you get you know a very nice building and a really little person walking walking in front of the building, and you've got that in black and white, and you get these lovely uh, lovely tones and really nice composition, etc. And there's stuff in between as well. So I've noticed that non-photographers enjoy looking at street photos that lean towards fine art photography because they enjoy looking at photos that are really nicely composed, really neat, you know, really beautiful photographs. And fine art street photography photos tend to be beautiful, of course. But non-photographers do not understand and do not appreciate photographs that are made under pressure, photographs that are really difficult to make, uh, that are very close, you get uh, many people mixed up in weird uh, combinations or you get someone flashed and uh, you get a nice crazy expression, which a photographer would understand how difficult it is to achieve. But stuff like that usually are not appreciated by non-photographers because they don't look at the photo as, and they understand the difficulties behind making it. They just look at the photo as an image. Uh, so non-photographers prefer nice, beautiful images than images that actually, you know, images that actually uh, an outline of how a photograph has been made. Am I making myself clear or am I just blabbering? No, no, you're not rambling at all. I do understand. I understand completely what you're saying and you've given a very good answer about how photographers and non-photographers will look at things differently and how a photographer will look at things from a technical point of view as well as enjoying the image. A photographer's bound to look at it and think, oh, yeah, that's not blurred, but there's they've captured the motion, the composition's really good, the angle's really good, there's some leading lines there, and they'll appreciate it on a technical level, whereas a non-photographer will just appreciate the image and won't necessarily understand the work or the challenges that went into getting that image. I think you summed it up very well. I went a couple of years ago to see Dennis Hopper's exhibition of photos um, in London. I can't remember where it was, which is terrible of me. And they were all black and white images. And they were very um, street photography-esque. But they were very sort of capturing the moment and very reportage in a way. And it's made me think about the links between street photography and journalism and news. So if there was a riot going on or some unrest, the images you a street photographer would get would be very, very similar to an Im the image a press photographer would get. And I do wonder, is there an overlap there between journalism, news and street photography? Yeah, that line is kind of greyish, isn't it? I do think that if a street photographer with no photojournalistic background and no photojournalistic expectations jumped into a riot, for example, and took photos. They would take completely different photos than a street photographer that's actually worked as a photojournalist or has aspirations of being a photojournalist. Because the person who has a photojournalistic bug in him will go for the story. The person who has a pure street photographic heart, a pure street photographic approach, will not go for the story. They'll go for the weird expressions, like they will uh, probably photograph someone being 
pushed and their facial expression showing agony while spit is drooling out of their face, mouth, you know, stuff like that. Whereas, and they'd be very close, but the journalist would photograph the event from further back so you could see why this was happening, who was doing this to him. It would give a much more deeper story and deeper explanation to the whole event. I think the street photographer would get closer and photograph little pieces of, uh, of the whole puzzle, so to speak, uh, just to uh, satisfy his need to capture surreal and weird moments. Sorry, I was going to say, we have an expression here in England, and maybe it's not that well known in England, actually, pie in the face. And it means it, it's got to be obvious, like when someone, a clown or someone of that ilk throws a pie in your face you know it's happened and i guess with journalism and news when you see an image it has to know the viewer has to know what the image is about so we're talking about a riot someone would have to look at that and say oh that's a riot that is a riot there's a riot going on but in maybe a street photographer would take an image but see something else in the riot or capture it from a, such a different angle that it might not be obvious that it's a riot. Exactly. Exactly, Gareth. Street photography isn't supposed... Well, this is not a rule. Sorry, I don't want to make it sound like a rule. Nice... What I like in street photography, I'll rephrase it. What I prefer in street photography is looking at a photograph and not having a clue of where it has been shot, why it has been shot, for what reason... What I care about is to see a photo that's so crazy and wacky and surreal that will just make my jaw drop and say, and I'll say, wow, how did he make this photograph? How did he find this moment? Whereas photojournalism, I don't expect something like that from photojournalism. What I expect from photojournalism is an explanation of the whole event through one photo. It's, it's the definition of one photo is worth a thousand words for the journalism. I think you're spot on there. We've talked about sort of an unpleasant situation you went through before. I walked past some really interesting characters once and I sort of held my small camera up and, and, and did, a, did a quick take and they, they shouted at me, there's no photography here, it says no photography. And I sort of went past and took a few more pictures to make it look like I was taking a picture of something else. Image was dreadful. They weren't even in the image. I think it was at the pavement. It was dreadful. But do you think street photography has a bad rep? Are sort of people's concerns about a stranger taking their picture um, valid? Or are people just too uptight these days? That depends on culture. I'll mention Istanbul again. Uh, when I was in Istanbul, uh, we had a street photographer with us, Kerem Nasipoglu. He was a Turkish uh, street photographer. And uh, he told us uh, that if we want to uh, photograph children, we can photograph children without any issue. In the group, we were a German, an American, and a Greek, and the Turkish uh, Kerem. Me and Kerem, because I'm Greek, found that shooting um, photos of children was quite normal. The American and the German, especially the American, found it unbelievable that you could shoot a photo of a, photo of a child, uh, you know, without asking for anyone's permission, just go up and take the photograph in the street. So it's all a matter of culture. I think that Western culture has issues with uh, stuff like that. 
whereas Eastern culture has other issues. For example, uh, in the East, it's difficult to photograph ladies without getting into trouble. So it's, uh, I think it's all got to do with culture and what's accepted in the area that you're shooting. Com completely agree. I think I, it's something I would not do, even if I saw a good image, I probably wouldn't take a picture of a child just because it's so people just interpret it the wrong way and people will always jump to the wrong conclusion and and the hassle and the aggro wouldn't be worth it for me in in the country i live in sadly um, and i imagine most people in the west would probably feel like that and it's a shame and we've had some been a few stories in the news in the uk about tourists coming over and taking pictures uh, allegedly of children and people being outraged and a sort of people forming around them and actually they weren't taking pictures of children they were taking pictures of something that was behind the children and people had just completely misread the situation and, and gone into a panic. And yeah, it, it, it is unfortunate and, and that's the world we live in and that I don't think our culture wants to be like that, but our culture is like that, sadly. One one street photographer or one photographer can't really change that. And it's people's perception, right or wrong, um, they're going to perceive things in a certain way. Yes, but I'd like to add something else. There are some street photographers that give street photography a bad name and i'm going to call out all street photographers that shoot bums and boobs and uh, use their cameras from a low angle to try and photograph female legs and they call that street photography. i didn't i didn't even realize that was a sub subgenre. i didn't even realize people did that yes i I've, I've seen many people in many communities post photos of for example uh, the legs of a lady wearing a, wearing a mini skirt and having a title like hot stuff or something. I don't think that's street photography for me. That's, that's an insult to street photography. People like that give street photography a bad name. Street photography is not that. Street photography is art as far as I'm concerned. It's very difficult to achieve the results that you want to achieve. Uh, and to have some sort of a, a, a reaction for your photo. But having a reaction like someone drooling at uh, the legs, nice, nicely shaped legs of a lady, I don't think that's true. No, I quite agree. <laughs> I was quite shocked when you told me that. Um, I can't believe that. What a bombshell. And that's where we're going to stop today, on that very unfortunate bombshell. So I'd like to thank um, Spilos for joining us today. You've been an excellent guest and you've been really informative and you've given me a lot of ideas and a lot of things to think about. And I recommend anyone who is listening to this podcast to go over to Street Hunters and have a look at the content that you guys have got there because it's really good stuff. And I just want to thank everyone for listening. And don't forget you can follow this podcast on iTunes. We're now on iTunes, hooray. And you can follow us on Facebook. And don't forget to check on our other three episodes. So before we go, Spiros, is there anything you just want to say? I'd like to say thank you very much, Gareth, for having me on the show. I had a really nice time. I enjoyed our conversation a lot. And I'll uh, sign off by saying stay sharp and keep shooting. And that's an excellent motto. Thanks very much. And see I'll see everyone later. Thank you.